Looking for a way to make some quick cash? Well, making money with DoorDash is super easy, guys. I love riding my bike around the city, and now I get to do that while getting paid. With DoorDash, I get to pick my own hours and be my own boss. I get paid on my deliveries and keep 100% of my tips. Not to mention the sign-up process was so quick and easy. Guys, I'm telling you, just download the DoorDash driver app and see how easy it is to start earning cash today. Last time when you were at the pump, did you catch yourself thinking, why am I spending all my money on gas? Drive less, save more. Ride Coda. The new transit app makes riding Coda as easy as tap, tap, go. Plus, we'll help you get started with a $4.50 account credit when you download the transit app and set up your Coda account. What are you waiting for? Download the transit app today. Learn more at coda.com slash transit app. The kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. You have tuned in to Kingdom Encounter with Glenn Blakeney. Connect with us for powerful, life-changing teaching and guest interviews that will inspire you with hope and equip you with the knowledge and skills needed to fulfill your destiny in the kingdom of God. Now, here is Glenn Blakeney. Hey everybody, Glenn Blakeney here. Welcome to our Kingdom Encounter broadcast. I'm so glad that you have joined us. It's going to be an awesome time tonight. We're going to be interviewing a young man by the name of DeAndre Singletary or Dre as he goes by. Guys, I want to just encourage you. You want to hear his testimony, his story, what the challenges he faced in life growing up and then how he has overcome through his faith and steadfast uh, belief, his tenacity of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. It's going to be powerful. I want to ask you just to go ahead and share. Just hit the share button no matter where you are in the world. And uh, we appreciate your input, your comments. Let's just keep them coming during the broadcast. That helps with the algorithm so that we can get this broadcast out to more people. It's going to be an awesome time. Let us know where you're watching from. I already see... Um, Barbara, thank you from Virginia in the United States. Thank you, Barbara. Anybody else? Go ahead, guys. Just let us know where you're watching from. It's an awesome time uh, in the Lord in this season in which we live. We know it's challenging days. Things are dark in many respects. But I want to tell you, get God has something powerful in store. The Lord is never caught off guard. Hey, Fort Worth, Texas, Cleveland, Tennessee, Maine. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Timothy Groves. Yes, sir. Welcome. Thank you. Sheila Richardson. Molly. Super. Okay. Fort Worth. Awesome, guys. Yeah, let's uh, keep those posts going. Hit the hit the share button. Let's get it out. This is going to be a powerful time tonight of hearing from my guest, Dre Singletary, as he's going to be sharing his story. Hey, Lexington, Kentucky is in the house. I think you may know that person, <laughs> but here we go. Awesome. Awesome, guys. So my name is Glenn Blakeney, and uh, my wife and I lead a ministry called Awake Nations. And we also have uh, another, it's really just a community, which we call the Kingdom Community. And we'd love for you guys to connect with the Kingdom Community. We have people from all over the world literally all generations and so many different nations that are part of the kingdom community. 
Abigail Simmons, Edith Rodriguez, bless you guys. We got New Jersey in the house tonight as well. Awesome. Hey, guys. And uh, we want to just tell you about the Kingdom Community. Um, the Kingdom Community is a family of believers that have come together under the vision of seeing the gospel of the kingdom preached to the nations of the world as a testimony in the power of the Holy Spirit. If you want to learn more about the Kingdom Community, we have a monthly training and equipping time that we do. And we have uh, Kingdom cohorts, groups that are assembling in different places around the world. We got a lot of different things going on. Go to awakenations.org, awakenations.org, and then forward slash community. If you want to know about the equipping, go to awakenations.org forward slash equipping. We have a new website. It's about to launch here in the next few days. It's going to be kingdomcommunity.global. Guys, we are uh, going to be pushing this broadcast out on Apple TV, on Amazon, on uh, Roku. It's going to be pushed out all over the world. It's going to be powerful, guys. Uh, subscribe to our podcast as well. You can look for Glenn Blakeney, Kingdom Encounter. This uh, broadcast tonight will be also uh, disseminated onto the podcast platforms throughout the world. Love for you guys to connect with us. Follow us on social media and be a part of what God is doing through Awake Nations ministry. And uh, we're seeing miracles, leaders trained, and we have a heart for millennials. We have a heart, even guys for Gen Z. We want to see the generation uh, that are emerging. Some of them have already stepped into significant places of leadership and influence in the kingdom. But we want to see God's sons and daughters. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. So it's not only for those who are in ministry, but we're looking to see the kingdom of God go forth by all people. The kingdom community is about seeing revival. But what does revival look like on the earth? It looks like a body, the body of Christ, fully activated and engaged in ministry, healed, whole, secure in who they are in Christ, knowing their identity, having such a close and intimate relationship with the Father, and then ministering the gospel throughout the world in the power of the Holy Spirit. Hey, Venice, Florida, thank you for watching as well. Go ahead, guys, and just leave your comments, and let's keep pushing this broadcast out. Let's hit the share button and get it out. Trinidad, wonderful. Thank you. Blessings. Blessings, uh, our friends in Trinidad. There's others here. I'm not sure where you're from. Let us know where you're watching. And, you know, the scriptures talk about uh, how in these days in which we live, these last days, as you read in, in the book of Acts, how God will pour out his spirit upon all flesh. Sons and daughters will prophesy the young and the old. So we definitely believe that God wants to bring together the generations. God wants to do something powerful. And uh, we believe that the Lord wants to do something that, that is so significant on the earth today. You know, in the book of Judges, 
It talks about a generation that rose up after the death of Joshua and his contemporaries. And this generation, they had not witnessed, they had not seen the mighty works that the Lord had done. And as a result, their hearts uh, strayed from the tr from truth. Their hearts strayed from relationship with God, and and they engaged in idolatry. And I just want to say that this is the season and in time where I believe I am excited. I have hope. I am honestly, guys, thrilled to see that God is doing something powerful among the millennial generation. Come on, give me a shout out if you're a millennial. Just drop something in, in, in the chat here, guys. Let us know. And we are seeing God move powerfully in the hearts and lives of millennials. Tampa, Florida is in the house. Thank you, guys. Bless you. Bless you. Perth, Australia is in the house. Awesome. Thank you, guys. And uh, God is moving powerfully. He really is. And so, as I mentioned, my guest this evening in North American time, it's evening here, um, is Dre Singletary. And Dre lives in Lexington, Kentucky. He has a call of God on his life. He has a powerful ministry. The Lord has used him in, in a very powerful way. But the thing that impressed me mostly about him is his humility and the fact that he's not seeking platforms. He's not striving or pushing, trying to push doors open. He is a, a young man that loves the Lord. He is a young man that, that literally desires to put God first in his life in terms of how he lives. St. Martin from the Caribbean or the Caribbean is in the house. Thank you, guys. So good, so good. Keep uh, sharing the broadcast. Let others know about this. So Dre is uh, a blessing. He's such a blessing. He's been a blessing to me. There we go, Cleveland, Tennessee, your old stomping ground. So uh, that's awesome. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. Dre is an incredible young man. I know you're going to be blessed tonight as I bring him on. And we talk about kingdom encounters, kingdom encounters. Hey, Dre, so good to have you on the broadcast. We welcome you, man. We're looking forward to hearing your story tonight. Man, thank you for this incredible opportunity. I'm very blessed to be able to share tonight and to be on with you. Yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah. And and we just want to just start by, you know, hearing your story. You grew up in really a challenging environment. Want to hear your story. What was it like growing up as a child? You know, tell us tell us the the background and what it was like. Absolutely. So for the sake of time, I won't go into all of it, but I'll just say, you know, uh, I grew up in the single mom, uh, single parent home. It's my mom. She raised me and my sisters. Uh, and, um, you know, I had some challenges and, and my dad left when I was only a toddler. So I was still like a year and a half old, oh, but wow. we would talk on the phone. And then uh, one day when I was around the age of four, he stopped calling. And so I never mm -hmm. knew what was uh, what the reason was. So immediately uh, as a four year old, I began to deal with depression and I start to experience rejection. Uh, and, uh, wow. Something that four years she never did. So immediately I start to feel like I was the problem. Something was wrong. Uh, whatever was it, I was the cost of it. And so, you know, growing up, I dealt with a lot of things, uh, uh, verbal abuse, molestation, things like that. And it just kind of really, um, 
it just really messed me up as a kid. And I really had no belief in myself. You know, I never believed in me. I never really, uh, I dealt with a lot of insecurity, uh, inferiority. I would only go as far as what people would label me. And, and I believed a lot. It was all the enemy. And even as a child, um, I would hear voices. I would hear the voices of what I now know were demon spirits uh, oh, wow. that would talk to me. And they would tell me things that weren't really true uh, about myself. And so, you know, I really struggled uh with a lot, I had a lot of nightmares per se as well growing up. Uh, so the dream room was very real to me uh, as a kid. Um, I had anger issues. I, uh, I basically dealt with same-sex attraction. I had all these challenges that came upon me mm -hmm. uh, because really I just lacked the father. I just really didn't think I was worth. Uh, I was really worth no one's time, and and it was a huge lie that the enemy sold into my life to make me believe that even God wanted nothing to do with me. And so, you know, right. I grew up in church my whole life and, uh, okay. and, you know, to do Sunday schools and speak and stuff. But even in that, you know, while I felt like that was a place of security for me, I even then I struggled with the idea of thinking that God would even want anything to do with me. So wow. that's a little bit about it in the jest. Yeah, that's tough, you know, especially when you're that young and, and you experience rejection like that and, and the challenges. So for you, I mean, uh, we know the outcome that it's the outcome is right now you're a different person. You you've changed. You you are established in your identity. You're secure. Um, you know, I, I see that in you and and you're not. You know, there are people that you can see them. They, they're even even in ministry. You know, they right. they have uh, this desire. They're seeking after a platform and a position because they're insecure and they're looking for recognition and affirmation. And, and we don't condemn that. I mean, that's that's obviously um, something where you just want to love people and and just kind of say, you know what, you don't have to look for that, but. Let's talk about how you got to the place where you are now. I mean, what was the process? Where was the kind of the, the where things began to turn and transition where you started to to begin to overcome and and reject those lies and everything you were experiencing as a young child? Amen. So like basically in the process of what I even didn't mention before was I got so, you know, frustrated with things that I saw in my life and um, even okay. church things that I actually left the church for about a year. Okay. And, uh, yeah. It got wow. the church. But you know, God is, it's funny because God, you know, he knows exactly what to do to get our attention. He knows exactly how to reach us and how to meet us where we're at. And so I was a freshman in high school and, uh, I remember one day we got a call to the school and I, and I didn't really know why it wasn't something we were expecting. They didn't even tell us, hey, you know, we're going to go. So, you know, when they told us that hey, we want all the students in the school, I was thinking maybe it's another cup rally. Maybe it's something, you know, uh, but I was for it because if it got me out of class and to kind of take a break, you know, I was cool with that. So uh, what I didn't know was God was setting me up because once we got to the gym and we were all wasn't sure what was going on. Next thing you know, we saw all these teens just begin to hit the stage and they'd start to dance and do dramas and stuff. And so, you know, I was very intrigued. I was captivated because I didn't know what this was. And then I saw this, this bigger guy with dreads came out who I later got to know was Eddie James. Oh, and, uh, yeah, yeah. And uh, he began to minister and start to speak from a deep place. Now, the thing is, he never said the name Jesus, but you could just tell. At that time when he walked, you, you just knew he was a man of God. And so 
about time he was done, in my mind, I'm like about to explode over here because I'm thinking I can't live like this. I, I, I need something better. And what this guy is speaking is truth right now. It's something uh, in his words of what he's saying. And so in my mind, like if he throws an altar call, I'm going to be the first one down there. But he didn't do that. But I learned at the other schools he would go to after ours, he would begin to do altar calls and kids would get saved and teachers and everyone would get saved. And so for me, that just kind of left me on this path of thinking, OK, um, I can't stay like this, but I do know that there's something better. So I got to search this thing out. And so I started the journey with the Lord that continued for about another year. And when I was uh 16 years of age, uh, okay. one day in August, I was in a church service and I was talking to a lady who was now with the Lord, but uh, she led me through the prayer, you know, uh, of salvation at the time, which really began to minister because, you know, it was my language. I didn't really know how to communicate with God at that moment because I was so broken, but I gave my life to the Lord and I yielded. And immediately I began to feel like this sense of peace, uh, of just as if something had shifted, but I didn't understand it. But here's the cool part. Yeah. Also, Glenn. So, like I said, the enemy began to immediately attack me in my mind and in my body after this encounter because wow. okay. those two nights, not long after that, on two separate occasions, I went through what in the physical people will call sleep, mm -hmm. uh, you know, sleep apnea and things like that. But I really wow. experienced a demonic attack where I, my, the Lord, my eyes were open to the spirit realm where I couldn't move my body, I couldn't do nothing, and I saw the demon spirit looking at me and could describe wow. it to this day. And, uh, it scared me because at 16 years old, you don't really know what to think about this stuff. And so, you know, I couldn't speak physically, but in my mind, the only thing I could say was the name of Jesus. And right. I said it three times, and after the third time I said it, the spirit disappeared and I could move again. Uh, but I just remember being fearful, but it wasn't long after that. And this, I don't really share this a lot with people, but for any millennials that may be watching, this is proof that Jesus is real. Okay. But I had an encounter with the Lord. Uh, and, you know, Paul says out of the body, into the body, I don't know. But I, this was one right. of those experiences for me. But I felt like I was in this place where I was in my old home and I'm looking down the hall and I see three men walking towards me and they're wow. walking in bright white robes and the one in the center looking me in the face, I just noticed there was something different about him. He had this white robe, he had like this pearl, this royal purple sash, blue sash. And, and I saw his, uh, his brown, his hair was like a dark brown shoulder length. And, and I noticed his skin was like that of brass. And I could see the trimmings of his beard. But when I looked at his hands and his feet, I saw the nail prints and I knew who I was looking at in this encounter. Wow. And it was Jesus. And in this encounter, he spoke telepathically to me. And what he said was, I've called you and I'm coming back soon. And Drive less, save more. Ride Coda with the Transit app. Download today for a 450 credit. There's a new way to pay at Coda. After that encounter, I was, I was, I was just out of the encounter. Now, I didn't know much about that stuff back then, so I didn't pay much attention. But on this journey, I began to slowly learn the ways of God. Um, as I came out of lukewarmness, as I came out of that and eventually okay. filled with the Holy Spirit, baptized in the Holy Spirit at the youth conference of three years later. And from that moment, my life was changed. I was never the same. I began to pray in the spirit. I began to get in the word and God okay. began to feed me revelation and my identity became aware. I, I, be, I just became aware of who I was as a son in God. Yeah. Wow, that's powerful. You know what? I mean, it's right now more than ever, more than ever. I, I love what's going on 
in the kingdom because, you know, there's a scripture in Isaiah 30. It talks about the light of the moon being as the sun and the light of the sun being seven times brighter. We know in the in the natural, that's impossible. We'd all die. We'd burn up. But I think it speaks metaphorically and prophetically of us of the time that we are in now, the closer we get to the return of Jesus Christ, the more revelation that is being, you know, in, uh, disseminated to us by the spirit of God. And so I see you guys, like when I started off in, it was like very traditional church and it was like, yeah, we believe in healing, um, kind of. And, uh, and yeah, and then, you know, oh, yeah, you need to get baptized with the Holy Spirit that it was kind of like that. But now, man, it's at another level, like people are getting delivered. Um, there's there's incredible encounters that are happening. And I've had I've had those encounters. I was kind of the anomaly that basically when when my wife and I, we we you know met each other at a young age, got married at a very young age and. Uh, and we were like the anomaly in the sense that we were the ones who really encountered God supernaturally. But now it's becoming more natural for the supernatural. And and I love that. And so to hear your story about, first of all, you brought out the reality of the demonic uh, realm. And, you know, it says in, in uh, Ephesians 6, this is the New Living, verse 12. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. And that is so real. And there's so many people that have been taken uh, hostage by the devil. Paul says that in Timothy and taken captive by him you know, to, to obey him, basically, to do his will. And, and so you had that encounter um, where God just showed you that was a reality. And then, you know, you were clearly um, just powerfully just, just protected or delivered or whatever exactly happened there. But let's just talk a little bit more about that and then about, you know, how encountering the power of the Holy Spirit um like you said, you pray, pray in the spirit, praying in tongues. Um, how, how did that really impact your life? Like, let's, let's kind of unpack that because there's, man, we, we don't want to miss this, your story on, on how God, you encountered God, God encountered you. Amen. Yeah. And I love talking about this because this is such a beautiful thing. Like right. what God did for me, he could do for anybody. He's no respect right. of persons. And so, you know, for me, uh, I went to this, just my whole journey, how I started was unique because, you know, again, like I said, I grew up, I grew up thinking God never wanted anything for me. The way I viewed God was he was a big man in the sky just waiting for me to fall. And then he would strike me the moment I messed up. That's how I thought in my mind growing up because of what religion taught me. But it's like when I began to make a decision to say, okay, you know, I'm going to really follow the Lord and I'm just going to give this. I don't know everything, but God, I trust you to teach me. And so one day I thought I was going to be this big social media junkie. I was going to be one of these inspirational teens. That was my plan. And uh, as I did that, you know, Instagram, I would share inspirational posts, do inspirational videos, things like that. And uh, and I was posting, trying to come up with ideas of how I could reach a younger generation and stuff and just be positive. And randomly, 
I heard this voice audibly, whether it was audible, I don't know. But it was like I heard this voice and it said, how about instead of you using social media to promote you, you use it to promote me? And it shook me because I was like, okay, I'm the only one in the house and I'm hearing this voice talk to me like, what's going on? But in my nowhere, somehow I knew it was God. And so I just began that day, that moment to begin to post scripture. And as I would do that, I would just send the people, they would send the teenagers and they would, and I would get messages. Hey, you're encouraging me this and that. So I was really intrigued by that voice. Cause even in that time, I didn't really understand the concept of God speaking to people. It was right. new. I had no knowledge of this. <laughs> and so that one day I was watching TBN and I can't remember the minister that was speaking, but he, that they happened to talk about hearing the voice of God and the ways of God speak. And so I knew as I was listening to him, I was like, this had to be the voice of God. There is no way. Well, fast forward two months into the new year, in the 2015, um, I'm at this youth conference. I get invited from uh, two precious couples to this day who I honored. They saw something in me when I didn't see anything, uh, when I didn't see anything in my life. And they took me to this youth conference. They felt like the pain that they really felt like I needed to go. And so in that moment, what was significant was I was hearing the voice of God, but I didn't experience the power of God. And so that first night, God spoke to me and said, and I just knew that night I was going to get called out. That seemed to have been like a pattern for me for that entire year. Uh, And it was just like I got this preacher from Australia called me out. And uh, he pointed at me, began to pay, pray for different teenagers in the owl. And I happened to be in the owl. When he prayed for me, I fell under the power of God. But there was like this weight holding me down. And I, because again, I didn't have any grid for this. I tried to get up. I tried to move. And I yeah. physically could not move. I was pinned to the ground. I had no idea that what I was encountering was the glory of God. Yeah. And so it was like that weighty kavat glory was just there. Yeah. And after a little bit, it lifted and I got up and I said, God, this is cool. You know, typical 19 year old, what what would you say? So, God, this is cool. And God said, if you think this was cool, you ain't seen nothing yet. That's how I said it. So the (laughs) next day, that next following night, the conference, the guy who was the founder of the conference, whose name actually happens to be Glenn as well. He begins to pray for me. He calls me out one other young man and we got called to the stage and I watched him pray for this young man. And I saw how he dropped to the floor and just it was different. And so I just began to do the religious thing. I just began to pump myself up. Like, I don't know what to do. So I'm, God, I'm just going to I close my eyes and everything and just wait to hear from God. And right when that happens, he, he says, lift your hands. And I was so focused that they had to lift my hands up for me, man. But it was like, once he did that, uh, he said, he looks at me. He's like, I hope you know what you're getting ready to get into. And to be quite honest with you, that those words kind of scared me a little bit because I didn't know. I was already running from the call of God for a few years now because I knew since I, was, since I was the age of four that God had called me. And so right. I was just like, whatever it is, I'm ready to receive. And the moment he laid his hands on my head, I instantly fell out under the power of God. It's just like I felt electrical currents go through my body. And then that moment I was baptized in the Holy Spirit and fire. I began to speak in tongues and just the power of God was so real to me. And that moment, it was just like we were so messed up there to move us both off the stage. But when I began to come to myself, yeah. it was like the best way I can explain, I can explain. It was almost like I was floating any weight, any burden any baggage that was on me it's just like it wasn't there now and it's like i could hear god so clearly and, and i was there's just the power of god was on me and i would hear him say 
you see that kid, go pray for that kid. And so I would pray for that kid and lay my hands on him. That kid would instantly fall out on the power of God. I didn't know what that was. And so I was like, God, what is this? And the kid that was willing looks at me. He's like, can you pray for me too? And so it's like, sure. So, you know, I just laid my hands and begin to pray for him. And after about 10 seconds of praying for him, he starts wobbling to the point he falls out under the ground. And, and I'm just impressed with what's happening, not having any knowledge about this. And the right. service was on 30 minutes after, and the kid that I prayed for the second time, he's still out. His youth group had to pick him up, and they had to carry him out to the bus because he was out. So God really blessed that kid that night. But it was right. from that moment that I began to seek God. Like yeah. no pastor, no minister, nobody had to tell me to do it. I did it on my own. And I would just pray in the spirit day and night, day and night. And I went through a rough season. Now, God doesn't tell everybody to do this, but I went through a season where I didn't do anything. I wasn't uh, in school, I wasn't working a job or nothing. And that really went against anything I wanted to do and how I was raised. Yeah. But I would just give my time to the Lord, sunrise to sunset. I would pray in the spirit. I would read the word. I would listen to teachings by different ministers who I was discovering. And the supernatural was so real to me, uh, Apostle Glenn. I, even at 19, it was so real because I surrendered right. myself to the Lord fully. And I said, whatever you call me to do, I'm going to stop right. running. I knew I had the grace and the call to preach. But what I didn't know was I had the grace to the prophetic because that was that was what caught my attention. Because one day I was reading First um, Corinthians, it talks about the gifts of the Spirit, First Corinthians 12. I was reading that, and I saw the gift of prophecy, and of course, we know that there's different realms to the prophetic, but it was just like, God, I want this gift because I think it would be cool to not only represent you well in it, because I know there's been people who misrepresented you well, but they right. would be good to just speak on behalf of you and tell people what you're saying. And the Lord spoke to me and said, the gift's already in you. And I didn't understand, and he took me through a memory lane of my childhood. And he said, remember when you would have certain dreams and you had no explanation for it, but then you would see it happen as you saw it. It's like, yeah, he said, who do you think that who, who you think it was that gave you that dream? Right. And then he says, remember how you would be around certain conversations and you would be asked to leave, but yet somehow at times you still knew what was said. Mm. He says, how do you think you know that you knew that? And then he even went as far as said, remember the girl in seventh grade that you told her everything about her dad, even though you never met or saw her dad. Mm-hmm. Says, how do you think you knew that? I right. said, I began to affirm the gift. And he says, I'm going to teach you how to work in this gift. And I'm going to show you with wisdom how to grow and to become mature in it. And so right. with that understanding, that's how I began to really press into God. And of course, through the series, through that re- the remainder of that year, God began to open me up to new supernatural experiences. So really at that moment in my life, uh, Apostle Glenn, the supernatural became so real. Uh, right. The Lord became so real. He became more real to me than anything else in this world. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah. And just for everybody who's, you know, listening, uh, watching this broadcast, when when we talk about the supernatural, I mean, we're clearly talking about the spiritual work of God, meaning the Holy Spirit's ministry, which obviously uh, he is supernatural. God is supernatural and uh, he transcends the natural. So that's that's what we're talking about. And uh, yeah, so. Let, let's just talk a little bit about something that's really dear to my heart, something that, that I really value. And and I know you've had different people, different leaders, pastors, fivefold ministers that have been a source of encouragement to you, have helped 
disciple you, mentor you. Um, well, what about, you know, right now, I read a statistic that said during COVID-19, 50% of millennials dropped out of church. Now, look at, let's kind of look at things from the big picture for a moment. Um, what we see in the United States is totally different than many parts of the world. In many parts of the world, they're still not able to, you know, gather together and worship the Lord. But what what is one of the the keys you think uh, that to unlock the hearts of millennials today? Without a doubt, I would say that they need to be under the voices of fathers and mothers that would truly disciple them. Hmm. I would say because discipleship has been a missing element much of the body. And I was being one of them who was in that stage at one point. I just wanted someone who was authentic, who was real, and who was willing to love me enough to disciple me spend time with me and to show me not only what I was doing wrong, but to show me how I needed to do uh, what I needed to do to become successful. So I can guarantee you if we have more people who will be willing to step out into their fatherly motherly roles within the kingdom, we will see a difference in this generation. Yeah. And you mentioned earlier for those who are just watching now or tuning in now that, you know, you were raised um, basically four years of old or whatever, your dad left the picture. So, you know, for you, that was especially critical to have that. Um, so, so that's so true, but it's true. You know, I read a statistic, it was a study done by the FBI in America. And they said that, um, you know, among, um, among African American, black Americans, particularly, they said that the number one contributing factor to young men struggling was a lack of a father in the home. And, and I believe that, you know, and, and I just want to say to everybody who's watching this broadcast, look, God wants to use you regardless of your age, um, yes. Your background, God wants to use you to speak into the life of someone else, to love them, to be there, to encourage them, and so on. And and we need that. That's why you know, this thing we call the kingdom community, we really are trying to do that, you know, to be in, to not be like just a network that is, uh, you know, opportunistic, like for people to connect or get, you know, promoted or open doors. But we believe in family. We believe in family. Yeah, James uh, Henry, he's a pastor in Tampa. He says, my dad died when I was six months old. I hear you. So true. That's right. So let's talk about let's talk uh, about this. Practically speaking, um, how have you stepped into a place where what you experience from the Lord, you're helping other people to experience as well? Amen. So, you know, because I know that there is a need, even at a young age, the Lord has commissioned me to begin to step into some of these roles. So I mentor and, and, and father as well. And the way that I do this, but just simply by demonstrating the kingdom in every form and format, you know, it's important that we preach and we preach the full counsel of God. But also I'm very convinced and have a strong conviction that whenever you preach a message, there should always be demonstration that should follow. And so what I, one of the things I do is not only do I speak and disciple by just simply doing life and having fun and doing things with those that I'm in relationship with, but I also teach the word and then I also show them how to live it out. And so one of the things that I do is, for example, uh, you know, God never tells us to ask for healing. He actually commands us to heal the sick. 
And so what one thing I want to do is I like to demonstrate this is how you heal the sick and to not put a formula or a limit on how God wants to do it, but to go by the leading of the spirit or to move in the gifts. This is how you operate in the gifts, because that's one of my specialties from God. One of my mandates from the Lord is to teach and train in that. And so as I do that and then I give them the opportunity to do it and let them know, hey, it's okay. For mistakes, that's how you learn. That's how you grow. It's just simply doing life and building relationship. And as they are connected one-on-one to do what, what I'm showing them to do, as God has shown me through men and women of God as well, then it just reproduces on the earth what we need to see to expand the glory of God. Bishop Bill Hammond said this, and I think uh, it's wonderful. He says, we ought to be reproducers. We are to reproduce reproducers that reproduce reproducers. In other words, it's yeah. an ongoing cycle. And as we do that, that's how we'll see the nation and the nations of the world shift in favor of the kingdom of God. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and that's that's what Jesus did right? and told his apostles to do as well. And I love Second Timothy 2, verse 2, when Paul says to Timothy, you know, what I've taught you and what you've seen in my life, you you, uh, you know, teach to faithful men who will be able to teach others and and it just can continue to pass it on down the line. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, when we when we think about discipleship and we, we talk a lot about discipleship because I, I believe it is the it is the primary emphasis and mission that Jesus gave to um, to us. Um, we we have to realize that discipleship is so much more than, you know, just learning certain doctrinal truths or or whatever i mean it's all about life transformation isn't it absolutely absolutely discipleship and and you know you so eloquently teached it last night one of your sessions it literally means to look like your teacher and so even like with the apostles who are very uneducated men as we saw in the book of acts when these miracles and stuff would be done they would literally say we know these guys have been with Jesus because of what they've done. And so we know sometimes it's not all about the words that we speak, but it's just simply the life we live and that will bear witness to the discipleship of the Lord. Yeah, that's right. And like what you said earlier, you know, about uh, people being present in your life, that's what is true. I mean, sometimes it's just hanging out with the right people and, and just, you receive through through watching them and receiving from them, and sometimes it just kind of transfers. It's like it rubs off, and and I've seen that happen. I mean, there was a time when I was younger, in just starting out in ministry, and I started hanging around this one uh, minister who was very powerfully used by the Lord and seeing healings, and just being around him and being in that atmosphere, I started. He sent me out to do some meetings in a far rural community in northern Canada, a French-speaking community. And and uh, I went up there, and just after I'd been around him, I just started seeing miracles break out. I started to see healings take place. And I've, I learned that it's not always just an impartation, but sometimes it's just something that is transmitted to us from the Spirit. You know, like when Saul got around the prophets, he started prophesying and so on. And 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 so I think that's a, a significant um, part of of discipleship. Like you like you brought it out when Jesus, that's the way he did it, right? Come and follow me, hang out with me, and and obviously what they saw in him and 
and experience from him had such an impact upon their lives. Wow. So when you talk about, um, you know, the power of the Holy Spirit and miracles and what you're seeing and contending for, you know, I had someone the other day, I posted a little video clip on, on TikTok and this guy, he was an older guy. He just said to me, just preach the gospel. Like, in other words, I, it was a testimony of a woman who was powerfully healed and delivered somewhere that we were ministering. And he's just telling me just to preach the gospel. In other words, people just need to get saved and so they can go to heaven or whatever. This isn't the gospel. Now, let, let, come on, let's put this in context for millennials today. I mean, man, that, that I mean, guys, millennials, they, they want, they need to see this, don't they? 100% I agree. You know, that, that's the thing. Many of us in the body have bought into this lie that we have to just be hype and cool enough. And listen, you know, however God mandates you to present the message, do it. Sure. I don't believe there's just one way to do it. God gives us strategies for a reason. What may work in one season may not work in the next. You know, that's why we have to shift uh, with the, when there's a new wine, there has to be new wine skin. And so, you know, I never uh, judge or criticize people on how they deliver. But what I will say is to say that this generation does not want the power of God is a huge understatement. It's really just not true. And it's a lie uh, that I personally have worked very hard to, to disprove because every time I have done any act of ministry or have just even simply praying for people in groups or whatever, the mm-hmm. moment the Holy Spirit begins to flow and words of knowledge go out or the prophecy goes out or people just get touched by the power of God, one of the two most common things I'm always asked, two of the most common things I'm always asked is, how do you do that and can we do it too? And that's what I get asked from millennials. And of course, the answer to that is yes. And so, you know, we we basically tell people, preach the gospel. You know, they just need to get saved so we can go to heaven. Well, thank God for heaven. That's a great benefit. But the thing is, heaven can be experienced now here on earth. Yeah, you know, we, we, we put too much. What we've done in the churches, we have basically given away all our benefits to eternity. When God wants to place them to us, he wants to give it to us now. The moment we got saved, salvation is just a door. And the analogy I like to give with that is you buy a new house. You want to see what's in the house. Well, you have the door, the front door. You step through the door. You may be able to see some things. You may be able to see your living room. You may be able to see your kitchen. You may be able to see, you know, the nice accessories that come with it. However, you have a whole another section of the house or sections of the house that you have not seen yet. And if you just stand at the door, you're going to miss out on the rest of the house. So it's the same exact principle with salvation. When we get saved, it's the entry point into the kingdom. Preaching the gospel, the good news, yes, that's definitely needed. And, you know, we celebrate those who do it. But there's a whole lifetime of discipleship and training that goes into what it like, what it's like to truly become a submitted son and daughter of God. And that takes a lifetime. But it's when you dive into that and you're around people who can pour into you and do life with you and just give you the real deal. That's when you begin to step into identity. That's when you begin to step into purpose. The power of God is present. And I'm telling you, uh, this generation, millennials, Gen Z, they want it. They want it. They're so hungry for it. And we're in the day and age where people want to speak on the existence of, uh, of God. They want to challenge that and correct it. We're in the day where we need to see demonstration. 
because that's what's going to win some of these guys over. They've heard the educated talks. They've heard the theologies. They've heard. They're not interested in that. Like me, they basically was like, we want to see this stuff. We don't just want to hear about it. Let us see it. And when they see it, then that's when they're hooked. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I mean, I I completely agree because when I read the Bible, this is what I see, you know, in the book of Acts. I was thinking about this verse in Acts chapter 8 when Philip went down to the city of Samaria and he preached Christ to them. Let's kind of put it in context for a moment. What's happening here is Philip, who is a Jew, is going to Samaria. All right. So, I mean, why why didn't they choose the good Samaritan or, you know, the woman from the of Samaria from the well or something, you know, but they choose a Jew. So in the natural, he is unqualified. Right. There's racial tension between Jews and uh, Samaritans. Okay? Right. And there's huge theological disparity there as well. But mm-hmm. God... Jesus sends Philip, the Holy Spirit, in fact, is what it says, prompted him to go down. But listen to this, everybody. Verse 6, and the multitudes with one accord heeded the things. They listened to the things spoken by Philip, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. Then listen, for unclean spirits crying with a loud voice came out of many who were possessed and many who were paralyzed and lame were healed. And there was great joy in that spirit. Man, there you go. In that city, there was great joy in that city by the spirit, of course. So we, we see, you know, an encounter with God that um, is irrefutable. Like, you know, people can try to argue theology, but ultimately <laughs> it's the encounter with God that right. changes it. And, and I've seen that so many times. You know, I've seen it happen to Muslims, to Hindus, to Buddhists, to atheists, to Satanists, and, you know, to religious people. I remember one time uh, praying for this young guy, and he was probably about 19 years old. This was in Illinois, and he got hit by the power of God. He fell on the floor. He was crying and weeping. He started speaking in tongues and and he was out for a while. And when he got up, you know what he said to me? He's still weeping and crying and, and overcome by the spirit. He actually said, I didn't even believe in this. That's what he said. I didn't even believe in this. And he was from a very conservative Baptist background. They were cessationists. They didn't believe in, in uh, miracles. And he was arguing, you know, like arguing with me why that it doesn't happen today. You know, it ended with the apostles when the New Testament was canon was completed or whatever but you you've seen that happen um you got any stories you can tell us like some cool things you've seen happen oh man yeah i have a few cool stories so you know I, i'll give you one uh there was a young man uh who i'm good friends with uh and I haven't uh, talked in a while but uh he lived in california at the time he's now in washington state who knows he may see this later uh, his name is Daniel. And uh, one day we connected through social media because, again, you know, I was just using whatever I could to my advantage to reach the millennials. And so, you know, we were praying and I know he was really in a broken state. And, um, you know, again, we're thousands of miles apart on the phone. And so, you know, he's really telling me about what's going on, how he's broken. And he was asking me, what was my advice? I said, my friend, you need the Holy Spirit. I said, because he makes the difference in everything you do. Mm-hmm. And, and I love talking about the Holy Spirit. I love teaching on him because he's just, 
he's he's really become such a good friend to me. And so the thing is, when I begin to share all the benefits that come with the gift of the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Spirit, and he's like, I want that. I need that. And so we prayed for him over the phone. And this is where God began to teach me there's no distance in the glory. Right. Because the thing is, when I prayed over the phone for him to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and I felt the power oozing out of me. On the other end of the phone in California, this guy is pr- beginning to break down, and he's starting to pray in tongues. He never even filled the Holy Spirit this time. <laughs> and God just filled him, and from there he's had a, pi- a fire and a passion uh, to right. serve the Lord. You know, it doesn't mean he's never made mistakes, but he's just he just knows his something was different about his life. Uh, another story I got, I was in Cleveland, Tennessee, and this was before I actually moved there when I was still living in South Carolina. Uh-huh. to a conference uh, at OCI uh, uh, at, uh, with Perry Stone. And uh, as I was there after the main service, and there were still kids praying and stuff. And I just remember I went to the back and this seemed to happen every year with me, but it's just like, I would just see kids and I could tell there was hunger and the Lord would start giving me words of knowledge and stuff. And so I just began to minister to them and just would pray for them and they would just fall out. And one day, one night, this is after the service in so many kids. I even have the video um, still on my phone, but so many kids fell out under the power of God that laughter started breaking out. Just almost happened in circles, just one by one domino effect. The power of God gripped these kids and they just would begin to roll on the ground. They would laugh and they would pray, intercede, just this amazing stuff. And then um, I got one more story because I could share more, but I'll give you one more Um I was at a youth camp and, you know, the supernatural, you know, people are just good for, you know, just basic Pentecostalism where, you know, just praying in tongues and praying, that's it. But, you know, me, I'm, I, I really just press in for the more of God. I just don't limit him. And so, like, basically, I had the reputation for those next two years of having the word cabin. And so what would happen is I would go in and I would just start preaching the kingdom to these kids, to these teenagers. But I would, like I said, I would also demonstrate. And so I would begin to speak into their lives. And God gave me a strategy. He says, the first night, I want you to pray for them to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The second night, I want you to pray. Uh, The second phase of this, I want you to begin to pray for healing. And then the third phase, the, uh, excuse me, he says the third, the second phase, I want you to pray for deliverance. And then the third phase, I want you to begin to pray for healing. And so I would do that. And these kids would begin to get healed. Like one kid, he had cut marks from cutting himself. He had scars on his arm. He came back to me by the end of that night. He said, look at my arm, look at my arm. When he looked, those scars just supernaturally disappeared from his body. Wow. My, it was a major sign to him. And it freaked him out first because he was like, I don't know if this is Nicole. But then he realized it was Jesus. Other right. kids got healed. They began to get filled with spirit. Kids began, God began to open their eyes to see in the spirit. They began to see visions. And so these kids literally start, these teens, they start following me around. And God would just begin to confirm things for their sake through signs and wonders. And they were captivated. They It's like most teens, they like to play basketball or do this, hang out their friends stuff. But these guys, they didn't want to leave. They're like, we just want to know the reality of the kingdom. And so again, it just shows you that when people think this generation don't really want it, the reality is that they do. They just want someone to show them how to do it. They want mothers and fathers who will walk them, who they can be open and honest with, but that will also walk them through. And that's yeah. what, exactly what happened in those scenarios. Yeah. Yeah, that's powerful. Yeah. We so desperately um, need to see the demonstration of the Spirit of God in power. You know, Paul said, my preaching 
was not with human wisdom or, you know, and, or, or, and, but wise and persuasive words and so on. But it was, it wasn't his education, his eloquence or his expertise, you know, but it was, it was the energoma of God, the energy, the power, the dunamis of God that makes a difference in this generation. And I've seen it, you know, I've been in Africa and I've seen, I was in an orphanage once and, and I saw all these kids like filled with the Holy Spirit falling out under the power of God, bodies stacked on others. Some of them were six, seven years old, younger and teenagers as well. And I've seen that and we've seen it in Asia where we do a lot of ministry with little kids just having visions, dreams, falling out under the power of God. We've seen it in Indonesia, Philippines, wherever. It's awesome. It's so awesome. And and it brings real lasting transformation and change. Now, I'm not saying that if you have a supernatural encounter with God or you healed, that that guarantees you're going to follow Jesus. Obviously, it doesn't guarantee that. We know the 10 lepers were healed and only one came back and gave thanks to Jesus. But it does make a difference. It opens up hearts and uh, breaks through the hardness of hearts. So let's just, if you were, let me just ask you, it's a hypothetical question, okay? Okay. Uh, And and so I kind of put you on the spot here, but if you were going to, you know, plant a church somewhere, um, what what would it look like? I mean, if if you just you just did what you felt the Lord wanted you to do, and and what the Lord has put in your heart, I mean, what would it look like? I mean, because I'm I'm the type of guy that I really personally just realize that we we need to do things so much different uh, today, especially after COVID. I really believe. But anyway, I'm just wondering, like, if you're okay, and it's focused on, on, on reaching millennials. I mean, what what would it look like? Well, honestly, it would definitely look different because you know what what I don't want to do is kill the life of the spirit. And mm-hmm. so, what it would look like is first of all, it would be a culture family. Uh, it would be a culture full of sons and daughters being transformed and being loved and accepted you know it would be a church that would be welcome to anyone who was dealing with uh whatever struggle or sin that they were dealing but as long as that they knew that the power of god was there to heal and save and so it would look like a whole bunch of millennials just losing it for jesus honestly there would be no specific style of how things would be done uh we wouldn't limit them we they would if they wanted to shout, pray, roll, you know, whatever they wanted to do, as long as it was authentic, because that's what I believe the church should be built in, is, mm. is authenticity, and that there's not just one single expression of the body, but right. that God can use uh, the body to, to, to really exemplify the kingdom in many ways, as long as it's in alignment with the word of God. And so for, for me, if I were to build a church, the biggest thing I would want to do is that I would let these guys just go after God as hard as they can. I would commission them, hey, you know, you can do this. You got the power. Sure, there would be discipleship. Sure, there would be order, things like that. But mainly, I would just say to them, hey, go out and be who God's called you to be. It would be a house built on purpose and destiny in the life of the spirit. Mm, Wow, that's awesome. Good. I think I'd love to come to your church, man. (laughs) (laughs) You'd get an invite, I promise. (laughs) No, I I love it. I'm, I'm, I'm excited. Well, hey, uh, DeAndre, Dre, uh, this, we're going to just, there's some people, you know, that are going to hear this broadcast later. And there's people that are watching right now that have some 
they have some real needs. Uh, we have one person here. I'll just put this comment up. It says, Pastor, please pray for my family. I feel weak in my spirit life. Uh, I believe this is uh, someone in Asia. Um, would love to pray for them and anyone else you'd like to just minister to. Would you just take the liberty and do that as the Holy Spirit leads you and just minister tonight to people? Absolutely, absolutely. So before I really go into uh, what God just really just has given me as a general word uh, to the lady from Asia, this let me say to you, just don't try to do it on your own. Just allow God, just rest in him, allow his love to wreck you. Uh, just just know that whatever you have need of, God is there and he's able to provide. And so I really sense that there's been um, just some events with you that's been going on. It seems like one event after another, after another, as far as what I'm seeing in the spirit. But God wants you to know that he wants you to rest. Even God rested on the seventh day. Rest in him, fellowship with him. And do not worry about the needs that you have because God is already in your tomorrow. He's out of time. He's created it. And so I want you to know that the needs that you are praying for are already answered in Jesus' name. So be encouraged with that. So if I could just say, just, just the thing that I feel like the Lord really wants me to speak right now is simply this, is that church, your voice matters. And the thing is, we have the power, we have the ability, we have all heaven on our sides. And many of us have been dealing with uh, just strong warfare against the mind where we've been feeling challenged or we feel like we can't succeed or do anything. But I want to speak to you tonight and I want you to know that you have the power of heaven behind you. You have the authority of heaven behind you. And I just want you to know that this is a time where you have to begin to prophesy the truth of God's words over your life. God has given each and every one of us a promise and the enemy wants to try to talk us of that of that promise because the thing he's looking for is agreement. He knows on his own he can't do anything unless we give him permission to. So in that say my caution for you is to be wise with what you speak. Be wise in what comes out of your mouth. Your words are power and they powerful and they do have the ability to create. And so I want you to be encouraged tonight. I want I want you to know that it's not over, that this is just another season, but that many of you who have been going through a rough season, the Lord says, pick up your sword. And he says, begin to declare with your mouth. Let it come forth like a two-edged sword, because that's what the word is. And it cuts deep between the bone, flesh, and marrow. And so I want you to know that tonight the Lord says to begin to speak those things that are in alignment with what he has already told you. In fact, something the Lord told me a few years ago, when I got up one morning, he said, son, command your day, command your day. We have the ability to even speak into our day, because how many of you know, heaven literally has a purpose for everything we do in that in, in every day that we live. There is always a purpose that God has for you. There's somebody for you to minister to. There's someone for you to pray. Maybe there's a nation for you to intercede 
uh, seat for. Maybe there's somebody on your job you're meant to influence and to encourage. And so I want you to know that you have the ability to speak life. You have the ability to prophesy. You have the ability to shift atmospheres. You have the ability to, to begin to spring forth life in someone else's life. Because when you speak, it's just as good as if God himself said it. And the reason why is because his Holy Spirit rests upon you. And he says that my words are life and spirit. And when you got saved, especially after you were baptized in the spirit, your spirit became one with his. That word one in the Greek is literally glue. Your spirit became one with his. And so whenever you speak the word, it has no choice but to manifest. Now, sometimes that may look like that it, that, that it looks like nothing's happening because it doesn't happen in our time frame, but that's the thing. God's time frame is not our time frame. Okay. So just because you ain't seen it yet, that does not mean that it's not happening. In fact, sometimes it may be that God just wants us to trust him and take him at his word. And in the right timing, we will see those things manifest as God calls us to. And so I just want to challenge you guys tonight, whatever situation is going on in your life. And listen, I'm speaking from experience. So I, you know, I get it. Uh, whatever challenge there may be going on in your life, whatever scenario, whatever circumstance, God will never allow the circumstance to be bigger than you. And so I, I just encourage you to begin to speak to that, to begin to speak the words of life, begin to speak God's truth concerning that thing, and watch in due time that thing begin to turn around for your good in Jesus' name. Wow. Amen. Wow. Powerful. Come on. Yeah, we just want to encourage everyone, you know, you that you are part of this broadcast, whether you're watching the live or the uh, the replay. Guys, you've got to begin to really believe for the goodness of God, for the manifestation of his glory and power in this day. And we just want to just speak in Jesus' name, healing and deliverance and breakthrough. We declare in Jesus' name that the power of the Holy Spirit would come upon you right now. And even as you are saying, Lord, I know there's more. I know there's more. And Dre talked about pressing into God for the more tonight. And we believe that God has more for you, more for his children. And just believe for it. And we declare in Jesus' name tonight, and we release the power of the Holy Spirit on your life to yeah. experience this fire of God, cleansing, purging, power, release, breakthrough, joy and peace restored, supernatural provision and miracles coming yeah. because God is good and God will take care of you. Yeah. I feel there's somebody watching this um, broadcast right now, and you've been contemplating like you have a, a business. I believe it's a small business. It's not a significant business mm -hmm. in terms of having employees, that type of thing. And it's just been a business that you've been like, I don't know if we're going to be able to keep this thing going or not. And it's been more of a more of a, a weight on you than anything else. And I just want you to just understand that the Lord is, is releasing to you um, a, a plan that he has for your life. Yes. He's going to show you what he wants you to do. He does not need you to sustain the business. 
you can walk away from it. And if God wants it to stand, it will stand. I'm telling you, we trust in a supernatural God. I have seen God turn things around in the natural. But I just say for you, you would have everything you need. There are people that in the world right now are literally struggling just to even survive. There are some people that will watch this broadcast or listen to the podcast later. And we want you to know that God is able. He will provide all your need. He will take care of you. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. Really put him first and just turn everything over to him. Trust him. Watch what he will do in your life. God is moving powerfully right now as we have come together in agreement with you to see his spirit manifest in your life, providing everything you need. And just I want to encourage you guys, just begin to really seek the Lord for the more. That's the one thing I'm getting tonight. You know, the more of God, there's so much more. And Dre brought that out so eloquently and profoundly tonight. More, more of Jesus, more of God. You know, don't settle for anything less than everything. He has so much more for you. Don't settle for anything less. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Dre, anything you want to share, just go ahead. Uh, yeah, so even as you were praying, I felt like I saw uh, a woman in the spirit. And I just really feel like the Lord wants me to encourage her. And as simply as this, you know, you've been going through hardships. You felt like uh, you've been not accepted. You feel like you've been an outcast or just like you feel like you're in a place where you've been tolerated but not really celebrated. The Lord wants you to know that uh, there's a people for you. There's a tribe for you. There's a place for you. Uh, do not be discouraged, but to continue to move forward. Uh, he's with you and he's your portion. And it may be that you're meant to be with him. Um, you may you're meant to be with him more than than you want to be with people. So I just encourage you to really seek the Lord out. Just give him your time and just allow him to bless you. And then there's another. Uh, I just begin to feel certain pain in my body. I, I just got a sensation in my head. So I feel like there's someone out there uh, who may have like a headache or maybe they with migraines. Specifically, I'm feeling it like uh, in my left, uh, the top of my left part of my temple. So just right now, just begin to release healing in that. I believe the Lord is beginning to heal, authorize. I release healing to you now in the name of Jesus. Um, I believe there's someone who's struggling right now uh, who is dealing with uh, perversion of some sort, and you've just been discouraged. You didn't know who you can share. You don't know who you can talk to. But I want you to know that, man, there's no one who can who can deliver you like Jesus. And so just right now, I just begin to decree deliverance in you. I just begin to decree inner healing. And I just begin to say, just begin to go forth in the power of the Spirit of God in the name of Jesus. And then I just feel like to the apostle that there's people who, who are just struggling about how they're going to meet, meet uh, you know, ends need. And so... You know, with, with COVID and stuff going on, that there's people who may have not been working or who have been injured. But I just want you to know that it is possible to thrive in the midst of famine. And uh-huh. that God's promise is still true. His, his word uh-huh. is still true. So don't give up, but do something. Work with what you have, because he who is faithful in the little God will make them ruler over much. Yeah, that's right. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Wow. Powerful. Well, guys. Listen, this has been awesome. Thank you so much, uh, Dre, for being with us. And um, our guest has been DeAndre or Dre Singletary. Guys, I want to encourage you, man, connect with him, social media, pray for him. 
And uh, we want to pray for you just before you go. I just want to believe that the Lord's just got, you know, so, so much amazing um, purpose for your life. And I know he does, and you're seeing that, but we want to just believe for the more for you. So we'd just like to pray for you. And if you are right now watching this broadcast, just stretch out your hands and, and let's just pray for, for Dre in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you for your son. We thank you, Lord, for the call of God on his life. We thank you for his um, sonship in you, Lord, the relationship that he has with you, Lord. We declare in Jesus' name, Father, that he would step into a place of just such abundance, Lord, just a deep, deep place, Father, where he could not even begin to plumb the depths, Lord God, of what it is that you have planned for him. I pray for open doors. I pray for supernatural provision and encounters. Lord, I just pray, Father, that you would just begin to just um, bring people around him, Lord, that would would just encourage him and strengthen him, Lord God, and and it just cause him to be able to step into that next place, that next season of his life in ministry, Father. We thank you, Lord, for everyone who's been connected with him, who's poured into him, Lord God, throughout the years. We thank you, Father, for your plans for his life. We give you the glory and the honor, Lord, and we do bless him in the name of Jesus, and we release him, Father, into your perfect care so that nothing the enemy would try to do will prevail, but he would begin to just see just an incredible um, season, Father, of open doors in this time, Father. He's been faithful, and Lord, you talk about how when we worship you and we seek you in the secret place that you reward us openly. So I thank you for that, Lord. Thank you for rewarding him openly increasing in wisdom and stature and favor with God and man, just like you did, Lord Jesus. We thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, praise God. Well, thank you so much. It was awesome to have you shared tonight, Dre. It really was great. And uh, we just continue to pray for you and God will catapult you into um, what he has planned for your life. And I know that there's so much more in terms of um, ministry opportunity. But the cool thing is you're not anxious about that. You're not seeking that. You're just trusting the Lord. You're resting in the Lord, and he's going to move on your behalf because you have a heart to trust him and to acknowledge him in all your ways. So, again, thank you for being with us. And I uh, look forward to chatting with you briefly backstage before you go. But uh, we just welcome everybody. Thank you so much, guys, for being part of the uh, Kingdom Encounter broadcast tonight. It was awesome to have you with us. Guys, I just want to say, please connect with our Kingdom community. And if you're looking for a spiritual family, if you wanting training, um, equipping, mentoring, Check out our website, awakenations.org forward slash community. We're going to have a new website soon, Kingdom Community. Okay, it's kingdomcommunity.global, kingdomcommunity.global. Watch this space and check it out. Watch what God does. It's going to be powerful. And uh, we're definitely looking forward to having you guys connect with us. My name is Glenn Blakeney. 
Thank you again, guys, for being part of the Kingdom Encounter broadcast. Please do share the video. Please let others know about um, this these interviews. Every Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central Time, we've got someone that we are interviewing and we're talking about things pertaining to the kingdom. Bless you. Have a great day, a great evening, wherever you are in the world. Thanks for tuning in to Kingdom Encounter with Glenn Blakeney. To learn more about us, including how to connect to our kingdom community, please visit our website, awakenations.org. Again, that website address is awakenations.org. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts so other listeners like you can receive powerful, life-changing teaching. We appreciate that effort. And we hope you'll join us again in the next episode of Kingdom Encounter.